This is Dear Hallmark. Each week, I'll bring you reviews of your favorite Hallmark movies and TV shows. So grab a drink and let's see what we're getting into with this episode. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Dear Hallmark. I am your host, Dara, and I just want to say cheers to you wherever you are, whenever you're listening to this, whatever you're doing as you're listening to this. Thank you so much for stopping by my home so we can chat about Christmas bedtime stories. But before we get into Christmas bedtime stories, I have a little bit of just some housekeeping just to catch you up. So I finished Destined at Christmas, which is the premier Great American Family movie for Great American Christmas. And my thoughts are still the same. It's boring. I wish I didn't see it. And but such is life. And there's I'm working my way still through catering Christmas. So again, I'll be sure to let you guys know my thoughts on that. That is the Merritt Patterson and Daniel Lissing joint for this Christmas, which I know a lot of people have been, are, will be excited about. But also I wanted to get into you guys' comments. You guys left me some really thoughtful comments about your thoughts on a jolly good Christmas and a cozy Christmas. And so first let's go to Instagram to Look at what you guys said about a cozy Christmas in. So first, L. Larkin 66 writes, after watching Christmas Under Wraps this afternoon, I'm watching again and it just doesn't cut it. Love these actors, though. And then we have Sharon Louise 419. It was okay. I couldn't get over his ears that look like elf ears. (laughs) Cassie underscore Romine 214 says, I really wanted to like this one, but I kept thinking, where's Dr. Lauren Brunel? He's cheating on Dr. Brunel. And then let's, I'm trying to think, was there someone who actually liked it? (laughs) Okay, so I have this thing with Hallmark says, I love Jody and it was fun to be in Garland again, but without but without that the story felt like a standard three-star Hallmark stuff to me. And I stand by my opinion that it would have been oh, <laughs> I don't want to read that. <laughs> oh man. Um oh, here we go. Sue back 3 says, I liked it a lot, better than the first or original one actually. So there you go. Mixed reviews for a cozy Christmas in. Next, let's uh, mosey on down to YouTube land where you guys told me about a jolly good Christmas. And you guys left some thoughts. So Tam Wright D.E. or Tall Wright D.E. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Here's what she says about a jolly good Christmas. I was so distracted by the pointless, nondescript American accent that poor Will had to try to do. A slight rewrite to make Will's character British would have still worked as a cute story of a clueless guy who didn't know his girlfriend of three months, which also happened to be his boss's daughter, 
well enough to know what to get her for Christmas. Reshma is a beautiful breath of fresh air. I has I have always loved her since the USA Network series Royal Pains. Sidebar, USA Network is one of the most underrated cable networks, point blank. They had so many great shows. The two that I'm not familiar with that I do know about, though, is Burn Notice and Royal Pains. Uh, my favorite shows are Suits, White Collar, and Psych. I would say In Order, Suits, Psych, White Collar. I'm currently working my way through Covert Affairs. They also had this show with Michael Ealy called Common Law, which was brilliant. I don't understand why they didn't renew that. Um, but that's an aside. Let's get back to Tallright D.E.'s comment. I hope she does more Hallmark movies, talking of Reshma. And like you suggested, pair these two again. But for the love of God, let him use his native accent, which can make me swoon on its own. We all, and she used the heart emoji, we all love that about him. The velvet blazer and tux were awesome on him. And Reshma was a vision in that purple gown. PB says, it was such a treat to have this filmed in London. Simply beautiful. She uses heart eye emojis. Reshma and Will were fabulous together. Like you, I'm not sure why they felt the need to have his character be an American. I am definitely okay not having an American as a lead, as it doesn't take away from the connection I will have with the characters. People are people. Connection is inevitable. Heart emoji. I love Will's natural accent, so I hope he gets to use it in his next Hallmark movie. That seems to be the general consensus is that the 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 use of an American accent was not needed nor warranted <laughs> with a jolly good Christmas, but it it was still a good movie by and large. It was still a, a good good movie. So, if you haven't already, check out my review of a jolly good Christmas over on YouTube. You'll also find my review for We Wish You a Married Christmas. And you're going to find my review for Ghosts of Christmas Always. You're going to find that on YouTube. Uh, So you want to make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. So you guys, let's, let's get into Christmas bedtime stories, shall we? I, we... (laughs) Okay. I'm trying to see from which angle I should tackle this. Let's start at the beginning. Christmas Bedtime Stories aired on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries under their Miracles of Christmas lineup this past Saturday at 10 p.m., right? It stars Aaron Cahill, recent signee who's been locked down by the crown, Steve Lund, who was also going to be in either an Up TV or a Lifetime movie later this year. And also a newcomer, Mr. Charlie Weber. Here is the premise of Christmas Bedtime Stories. Aaron Cahill plays a widowed military wife with a young daughter. She's on the base. She's a teacher. And she's currently dating... This guy named Pierce, played by Steve Lund. And as we watch the movie, we come to know that Pierce was actually friends with her husband, Colby, played by Charlie Weber. So the young sugar cookie 
I forget her name, but who plays her daughter. I forget the character's name. The sugar cookie wanted to know about her dad. And she kept asking her mom to tell her more about her father. So throughout the weeks, each day, Aaron Cahill's character began to tell her daughter stories about how her and her husband met, their first Christmas, how he proposed, how she got Star, their dog, when the little sugar cookie was born, and some some other things. And each time Aaron's character began to tell these stories, the next day, something having to do with that story took place. So for instance, the first story that she told her daughter had to do with how her and her husband met. And there was a saying that her husband said um, about Christmas trees, a certain uh, genus, for lack of a better word, of Christmas trees, that they are the king of the noble furs or something or other. The next day, as her, her daughter, and Pierce are going out to pick Christmas trees, the guy who was there at the lot says the exact same thing. In another story, Aaron tells her about how the ornament with the ribbon and the bell that she's been looking for, how that ornament came to be. The next day, Star, the dog, finds it under the couch, even though she's been looking and checked under the couch thousands of times. They even talk, She even talked about her wedding day, where she uh, there was a picture and the daughter mentioned the flower girl and Aaron mentioned how she hasn't seen that little girl since the wedding. The very next day at a cafe or coffee shop, she runs into... The young girl who's now a teenager. So these little coinkadinks begin to happen throughout the course of the movie. And she's wondering, is it going to, like, are these signs? Are these signs from, what's this, from Colby? Now, all the while, Steve Lund's character, he's, he's feeling the tug away from her. Because as she's, as she's relaying these stories to her daughter, the love for her husband begins to kind of bubble back up within her. And it almost begins to put distance between her and Pierce. And Pierce is feeling a ways about it. And there's this father-daughter dance that is taking place that her daughter wants to go to but is being clowned about because her mom is taking her. But then the daughter asks Pierce to to take her. But then Pierce and Aaron break up because she feels like she keeps having these these coincidences happen. It seems like her heart is still with Colby and she may not be ready to get married and move on. And so they break up. And then she decides to take the daughter to the father-daughter dance. And here is where... The cookie crumbles because at said father daughter dance during, you know, everyone's on the floor because there are moms there, too. And they're they're getting jiggy with it. Right. 
She goes to the bathroom right when the DJ plays the slow song for the fathers and the daughters. And she says, you know, she's giving herself a pep talk. You can do this. You can do this. You can do this. As she goes out of the bathroom back into the gymnasium, who does she see? But her husband. Now, mind you, throughout the course of the movie, she has been talking with the general who was the commanding officer of Colby's troop, who was also the father of her best friend, played by Tegan Moss. Shout out to Tegan Moss. It was so cool to see her in that. The general has relayed to her time and time that there is no new information. There are no prisoners, blah, 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 blah. Even right before she meets, she sees her husband. There is a news report that comes out that there has been a break and that there are some prisoners that have been released. She calls the general. She asks, has there, is there any possibility that that could be Colby? And the general says, no. He says there were no U.S. There were no U.S. prisoners accounted for. All of them are foreigners. Fast forward back to the gymnasium where she sees her husband. She asks him, where has he been? What does he say? I was a prisoner. Make it make sense. He goes into the gymnasium. Apparently nobody sees him. So he's another ghost of Christmas always. And only his daughter sees him. And she runs to him and they're all hugging and everyone else is dancing as if they don't exist. And that this dude didn't just come back from the dead or a, a, what, what we thought was the dead, but he was just MIA. He was missing in, missing in action. We don't see Pierce again. We don't hear from Pierce again. We don't get to see the, ramic, the ramifications of him coming back. Y'all, what was the purpose of Steve Lund being there in the first place? What was the purpose of us going through this whole topsy-turvy, hopscotch, double-dutch magoo of her being with Steve in the first place if her husband was going to come back? What was the purpose of her having those coincidences and those signs if her husband was going to come back? That is my main gripe with this movie. I was so confused and so upset at the end of this movie because it felt like it dragged it diluted the greatness that this movie had had he not come back if if he didn't come back I got two options I want to submit to you the academy option a he came he didn't come back right However, these signs and coincidences, she marries Pierce. It was the signal for her to move on and move on with her life. So she moves off base. She establishes a family with Pierce. La-di-di-da, la-di-da. Option B. Pierce is not even in the picture. There are no coincidences, God winks, no signs. 
It is just her grappling with the fact that her husband is MIA and how she is trying to raise this girl by herself without a father and how the rest of the base, like she's trying to go through it. Maybe she could be one where she leans into the comfort of her village who are the people of the military base or we could do like heart of the matter where she begins to push herself away from the people and she realizes that she really needed them to be there for her um, and to comfort her and then homeboy comes back at the end but I don't understand why this happened And it was brought to my attention that the writer of this movie is the same writer from USS Christmas. Which, in my opinion, that movie made no sense at all. Because Trevor and Jen Lilly's characters, their affection for one another came out of nowhere. It was not warranted. There was no work for it. It just kind of big, big bang theoried all over the place. And all of a sudden, they they like one another. And that's kind of what happened here. Husband just Big Bang theoried all over the place. And it it discredits everything that was built in those 108, I'm, I'm sorry, that one hour and 18 minutes prior to those last two minutes. And then we get little sugar cookie in the bed at the end. The last scene that we get is her being in the bed. With the bear that she's been wanting to get fixed that has him singing, that has her dad singing Silent Night in it. And he says, oh, you don't need that anymore because you have the real thing. How am I supposed to feel as a viewer? I want to know what am I supposed to be feeling at this point as a viewer? Am I supposed to be feeling butterflies and chocolate roasted chestnuts? What was the purpose of Pierce's character? What was the purpose of those coincidences if he was just going to come back at the end? What was the purpose? Those were the main two drivers for both character development and plot movement. And now you balled them up like a piece of paper and threw them in the trash because the husband came back. Now, mind you, Charlie Weber, who played the husband, I would love to see more of him. I would love to see him in another Hallmark Movies and Mystery movie, like one of their dramas for next year. I hope he's on the roster because he gave such a beautiful, genuine and sincere performance as her husband. When Aaron was with him, I believed her. I believed them. They were wonderful together. And I would love to see them again in a different context because um, unfortunately, this movie did them a disservice. It really did. I can't even tell you how many crowns I can give it because the last two minutes forfeits everything. So am I giving the one hour and 18 minutes five crowns, but then the last two minutes zero? It, I, I am sincerely at a loss for words. Wasn't prepared, wasn't ready. And what's hilarious is people told me to brace myself and I still wasn't ready. I had people DMing me 
curious what you're going to think. Brace yourself. Oh my goodness. Have you seen, like, I was so nervous. And at this point, I'm going through the movie like, what are these people talking about? Like, everything is going hunky-dory. I don't get it. And then the last 120 seconds just turns it on its head. And it's so unfortunate. It's so unfortunate because Erin Cahill is amazing. She's so talented. As is Steve Lund. And I... (laughs) I want redemption for Steve Lund. He did not deserve this character. He did not deserve this character. So Pierce is now sitting somewhere brokenhearted under a Christmas tree because he's blue for Christmas. He's having a blue Christmas right now. Think about it. If we were to to continue this storyline, what is going to ha- what is Pierce going to think? What is people on the base going to think? I'm sure people like the ba- the military base is like a small town. So she knew Aaron's character knew people there. Why did nobody respond when the husband came back? I'm so confused, you guys. I am so confused. And it is with that that I just want to move on to the weekend watching guide because I can't even call it, y'all. I cannot call it. I can't call it. I don't I don't know what to do. So what we are going to do concerning Dear Hallmark and this episode, we're going to take a break. And then when we come back, we have an extensive weekend watching guide this week because Up TV and Lifetime are now entering the Christmas movie season chat. So not only do we have, excuse me, <clears throat> Not only do we have Hallmark and G Great American Family movies, we will now have Up TV and Lifetime movies to see this weekend. And I'm going to tell you all about it after this break. So stay tuned. Welcome back, my friends. Let's get into this weekend watching guide, shall we? So let's start off with Mothership herself, Hallmark Channel. Let me fix my laptop real quick. Here we go. Starting, kicking us off, I should say, Friday, November 4th at 8 p.m., we have A Magical Christmas Village starring Allison Sweeney, Luke McFarlane, and Marlo Thomas. Here is the synopsis. When Summer's mother, Vivian, moves in with her and her young daughter, Chloe, her orderly existence is upended. Upon arrival, Vivian sets up an heirloom miniature Christmas village resembling their town, and she tells Chloe it grants Christmas wishes. As Chloe begins setting up the figurines, real-life events seem to mimic the scenes she creates. With a little help from the magic of the Christmas village, the family will be brought closer together, and just maybe, Summer will learn to open her heart to love again. So this is apparent, like the rumored, you know, last movie of Luke McFarland's. So I am, that's my skin in the game with that. 
I want to see Luke on my screen again because he was phenomenal last Christmas and Christmas in my heart with Heather Hemmings. And so I'm really excited to see him on a Hallmark Channel movie. So let's get into the next one. On Saturday, Hallmark Channel is bringing us Lights, Camera, Christmas, starring Kimberly Sustad and John Brotherton at 8 p.m. When a holiday rom-com movie showing in her shooting in her town needs a costume designer, Carrie, a local shop owner, steps into the role. While working on the movie, she rediscovers her passion for costume design and finds herself falling for Brad, the film's famous leading man. Have y'all seen the previews of this? It looks bonkers in the best way. I feel like Brotherton and Sustad will will work great uh, paired with each other. So I'm excited to see that. Next up, Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. At 10 p.m., right after Lights, Camera, Christmas, we have A Maple Valley Christmas, starring Peyton List and Andrew Walker. Here is the tagline. Erica is a rancher who has spent her whole life working the family farm with her mother and sister. When Aaron arrives and disrupts her plans, she starts to question what it is she actually wants. I hope you guys were able to listen to the interview I did with Andrew. He talked, he went into some detail just about the nature of the movie from his character's perspective as well. So I'm definitely looking forward to to watching that. And I'll be sure to review it for you guys as well. Lastly, for Hallmark, we have All Saints Christmas. This is coming on Sunday, November 6th on Hallmark Channel, and it stars the incomparable voice herself, Lettucey, and Mr. Roger Cross. When I tell y'all, Lettucey can sing you to the moon, from Mars to the sun, under the stars, and then some, the woman can sing. Make no mistakes about it. Make no mistakes about it. Here is what the movie is about, though. Oh, I like the playoff of her name. Lisette is a popular R&B singer who's getting ready to travel home to New Orleans for Christmas. When the media mistake a photo of her with her music producer X as an engagement photo, I'm sorry, an engagement announcement, her family insists that he joins her on the trip. Now, this is interesting because this takes place in New Orleans. And I know in December, Lifetime has a Christmas movie called New Orleans Noel or something to that effect. And that one stars Keisha Knight Pulliam and Brad James, her husband, which I think is really cool. So that is our lineup for Hallmark Channel. Let's go into Great American Family. We have no movie from Great American Family on Fridays. They are only giving us movies Saturdays and Sundays. So on Saturday, November 5th at 8 p.m., Great American Family is giving us a royal Christmas on ice. Here is the tagline. What do you get when you take a prince, played by Jonathan Stoddard, looking to escape royal life, and a former Olympic ice skater, played by Anna Marie Dobbins? It is one truly regal romance. Now, y'all know I'm here for the royal something or other, so I'm going to watch this no matter who is in it. It could be Bigfoot and Shaka Khan. I'm watching it, okay? I'm watching it. 
Next, we have Love at the Christmas Contest. This premieres Sunday, November 6th at 8 p.m. And it stars Samantha Cope, Ross Jurgel, and Eliza Don- Don- Donahy. D-O-N-A-G-H-Y. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Here is the premise for Love at the Christmas Contest. Angie's favorite part of Christmas has always been the Christmas Eve tree lighting in her small town. But as the first holiday season without her mom approaches, she isn't feeling too much of the Christmas spirit. Once she learns her mom had dreamed of winning the tree decorating contest, Angie realizes that she has to participate in order to honor her. One thing that she wasn't expecting for her high school sweetheart, David, and his daughter, Gabby, to enter the contest, too. Now, I immediately thought about Hallmark Channel's Christmas contest last year with Candace Cameron Bure and John Brotherton. Um, That involved tree decorating. Mind you, were they I think they were college sweethearts that were exes. So I'm curious how similar and how not similar this movie is going to be to that. And that is probably the reason why I'm going to watch it is to see if there's any similarities. Now let's get into our new friends, Up TV and Lifetime. What's up, y'all? Thank you for being here and for entering the Christmas movie chat. Up TV is bringing us new movies every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, like our big brothers over at Hallmark. So this Friday, Up TV is bringing us Unperfect Christmas Wish. Now, their movies premiere at 7 p.m., whereas most of these movies will premiere at 8. So, Unperfect Christmas Wish stars Alice Crocker and David Pinard or Pinard. Madison O'Hara performs a singing performs as a singing elf for Christmas parties with her best friend Cooper. But her real dream is to be a singer-songwriter and to find the perfect man. Well, (laughs) we know how that's going to end, okay? Next, on Saturday, November 5th at 7 p.m., we have Christmas in the Pines. This stars Gillian Murphy and Dean Geyer. As an up-and-coming magazine writer and a successful architect battle over ownership of an idyllic Christmas cottage, they soon discover that their cozy holiday getaway may not be the only thing they love. So I'm getting Christmas getaway minus the daughter. Mm. So it's an up-and-coming magazine writer and a successful architect. Interesting. Lastly, on Sunday for Up TV, airing November 6th at 7 p.m., we have Christmas Masquerade, starring Aaron Augustino and David LaFontaine. When Julianne is mistaken for her glamorous boss at a masquerade ball by a notoriously aloof businessman, she continues the ruse over Christmas. Will she be able to find real love in the makeshift fairy tale world they've created? Listen, this is giving me Cinderella day, afternoon, and night. And guess who's here for it? Me. Have we seen this movie before? Yes. But am I still going to watch it? Absolutely. So I'll let you guys know what it's hitting for. Let's get over to our cousins at Lifetime. Rounding out the weekend watching guide, 
we have Lifetime coming to us November 5th with Mary Swissmas. This airs at 8 p.m. and it stars Jody Sweden, who we just saw in A Cozy Christmas Inn, Michaela Lily Davies, David Pennard, who we just, he was just in the Up TV one, Christmas at the Pines. No, Unperfect Christmas Wish that's coming on this Friday. So he's also in this one for Lifetime. That's cool. Jane Wheeler and Tim Rosin also star. So, oh, wow. Okay, bear with me. This is a, a, a lengthy description. Alex, played by Sweeten, has wonderful memories of Christmas with her best friend, Beth. Until Beth start dating Alex's ex, Jesse. Hold up now. Because she has missed the last few Christmases with family due to her demanding job as an architect. How many architects we have so far? I think we have like three, but okay. Alex is excited to spend the holidays with her mother, Caroline, who was opening an inn in Switzerland. Much to her dismay, she learns that Jesse and Beth are also visiting for the inn's opening. When Alex meets Liam, a single father and the manager of her mother's inn, Liam attempts to show her all the Christmas traditions and culture of Switzerland and helps Alex open herself up to love and forgiveness this holiday season. I have one word for you. Switzerland. Pack your bags right now because that's where I'm going when I watch this movie. Okay, thank you. That's why I'm watching it. Next, November 6th, premiering at 8 p.m., we have Well Suited for Christmas, starring Mercedes de la Zerda and Franco Lopresti. Here is the synopsis. Fashion designer Rochelle Roca, played by de la Zerda, lands a spot in a design competition to create a tuxedo for one of the city's most eligible bachelors, Brett Stone, played by Frank Lopresti, for a Christmas charity gala. As Rachel begins to unthread his well-spun public image, she discovers the true reason behind his Christmas charity and find themselves falling in love. You had me at suits, sis. I'm just saying. <laughs> That's all you had to say was suits. And I was there. Well, you guys, that is going to do it for your weekend watching guide. Merry Christmas movie season to you. To learn more about Dear Hallmark, there's all types of links in the description box. There's an Instagram to follow, a Facebook page to like, a website to visit, a book to purchase, and a book club to join. Also, there's some voice notes. There's a link to a page where you could leave a voice message for your girl. And I'll play it here on the podcast and I will respond to it. Now, mind you, you only have 60 seconds. So you can't tell me your E-True Hollywood story, but tell me your thoughts on the movies that we've seen so far or your thoughts about Christmas bedtime stories or whatever it is you want to say about the Christmas movie season. Let me know what you're thinking. Again, you can do that by clicking the link in the show notes. It'll take you to that page and you can leave 60 seconds worth of your thoughts. 
Well, you guys, that'll do it for me here at Dear Hallmark. Again, my name is Dara, and I want to wish you a Merry Christmas movie season. Ciao, my friends.